I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to Is It Just Me, everybody? It's the podcast where we put the nonsense of life front and centre where it needs to be and discussed with the, you know, the gravitas that it deserves. I'm your host, Joe Elvin, and I'm here with my pod husband, co-host James Williams. Hello, everyone. Hello, Joe Elvin. How are you? I'm very well. It's a sunny day in it's London. It's a sunny day. A rarity. We're in a really posh house today. I know. I feel very zen already. <laughs> I don't know we about you. We are joined by... A, a god. <laughs> he's a bit of a uh, titan. He's, he's a titan of hypnotherapy, behavioral science, literature. He's an author. It's Paul McKenna. Well, hey. And I, I've tried to make my voice sound <laughs> as, as hypnotic as yours, but it's not going to work because. It's, it sounds good, I think. Oh. <laughs> and yours we need sounds all, better. <laughs> we need all the help we can get, basically, right, okay. Paul. We're here. <laughs> yeah. How are you? I'm, do you know, I'm very well. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Life is good. You know, it's um, it's fantastic. Yes, I, I'm, I'm having a very good time at the moment. I'm, things are going my way. And as we record this, it is nearly Valentine's Day. And we're here to talk about you, your love life, your new book related <laughs> mm, to love. Yes. Tell us all about it. The new book is called The Seven Things That Make or Break a Relationship. And about 10 years ago, my publisher said to me, we could all do a book on um, relationships. It's a very big genre. And I said at the time, if I can stay in one. Right. And <laughs> I was sort of happily commitment phobic, having had my heart broken many times, not wanting to be trapped in a relationship. Yeah. But I have been with uh, the love of my life for five years. We've been married three years and I'm happily married. And so I thought um, about, about a year or so ago, Maybe I should finally write the book on relationships because I've, I've been where it isn't and I think I am now where it is and I know the difference. And what was interesting is there's lots of science now um, that, that explains why people get on, why they, they have a happy marriage or a relationship and why they don't. And so often my job is to take very complicated scientific uh, information and make it into user-friendly common sense, if you like. It's a, I think some people do get depressed, though, about the idea that love is a science yes oh do you oh, or, 
Well, yes, given that I'm a sort of psychological engineer, I like to see it in mechanical terms. And yeah. some people get really affronted. They go, no, 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 we're more complicated than that. We're organic. We, you can't you know, reduce us to zeros and ones and things like that. But I, I think people also, they, they, they think there's something missing if, if there isn't some unexplained Romance, magic. Yeah. yeah. In well, there. Well, indeed there is. I mean, you yeah. can't put love under a microscope, for yeah. example. So you couldn't, yeah. you know, put it through the null set hypothesis and go. But in, in the same way, if you asked, say, a neuropharmacologist, that's a brain chemistry scientist, um, what love is, he would give you a completely different description to, say, a philosopher. And both would be right, but they wouldn't be the same thing. Yeah. So I think the mystery is in as much as we, we're trying to describe this invisible thing. We can describe it in terms of our, of, our, you know, of our body chemistry and our brain activity. We can describe it in terms of how it makes us feel and stuff like that in a sort of poetic way. But to actually pin it down is kind of, uh, totally pin it down is impossible. And tell us about the book. Do you think that some people might read the book and go, Oh shit! I need to divorce my husband. <laughs> well, if that were the case, it would be it would be helpful. Uh, I, well, this is aimed at uh, people that um, want to get into a relationship, uh, particularly those people who keep repeating the same mistakes, and they want to discover why it is and indeed how to change that. Yeah. Uh, also, those people that are. Um, uh, are in a relationship and it's having it's ups and downs it's not going as well as they want and again they want to understand why is this why, why does I keep doing this or my partner keep doing that oh I see and then how do I go change it and then also those people are actually in quite a f- happy functional relationship but want it to be even better yeah so so those are the sort of I mean it's a fairly broad um, net I'm casting with this but something for everyone basically it's not just for it is. people I'm desperate a, trying to find love and relationships that work. I, yeah I wanted it to be the definitive book on relationships yeah. and uh, I mean it's not for me to say whether it is but that's what I always set my bar fairly high yeah right to that standard and uh, this was probably one of the toughest books of all to write because it isn't just a simple formula because people go what are those seven things then and I go well they're processes yeah so I talk about communication action you know self-care um you know generosity having shared values and a shared future and so in the communication one for example um I describe how the research has shown that even though we use all of our sensory modalities, seeing, hearing, feeling, etc., people tend to prefer one, right? So um, some people are visual. Very often they end up as writers or they end up as um, uh, graphic designers. Uh, some people prefer auditory. Mm. I do because I was a radio broadcaster for years. And then some people like kinesthetic feelings, like, like a masseuse, you know. And people will give away what their preferred modality is by the way their eyes move, also by the predicates they use in their language. Language. So uh, visuals will go, I see what you mean, that looks good. Auditories might, leave, might like me might go, oh, it rings a bell. And yes, he said some interesting stuff. And the kinesthetics go, we touched on some really nice stuff today. So when you are eliciting someone's love strategy, you kind of find out what their preference is. And then you you know, tailor what you do to that. So for example, my wife is visual. So when I, when I take her a present, like a, a bunch of flowers, that means a lot to her. Or if it's an act of service, I take a tea or coffee in the morning. She's, oh, how thoughtful of you. Yeah. I'm an auditory. So you say, presence is very nice, but I need to hear that you love me, right? Actually, and then if I think it's meaningfully said, 
then I buy it. Whereas kinesthetics, you've got to touch them when you go, really love you, or you look so great tonight. Yeah. It's got to be meaningful. And so little things like that were a game changer for me. So for, for years, people go, oh, I bought you this present. Don't you like it? I go, yeah, it's nice. And they go, no, you don't look like you like it, but I really love it. Oh, now I get it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Things, yeah. things like that. And then in the sort of self-care category, you've got um, what I found interesting was that there was a great study done a few years ago where um, they, it was into happiness. And these researchers found that people who were married tended to be happier. So they concluded initially, marriage makes you happy. But given it was a longitudinal study, over time they realized that that wasn't the case. And it was actually people that were happy in themselves tended to then find somebody to have a functional relationship with. Oh, that's marriage. interesting. Yeah. yeah. So part of this book is to go, it's an inside job, start on yourself, you change the world changes. Yeah. And, um, you know. And, and is that an epiphany that you had yourself? You, you, about your relationships? Yes, uh, several things. Firstly, I kept repeating the same mistakes. Because see, as a kid, you watch a training video, you watch how mum and dad uh, yeah. get along. Oh and you God, go, let's not right? go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, actually, my mum and dad were pretty happily married. But, you know, uh, things like, say, when I got my heart broken a few times when I was younger, I thought, I'm never going to let that happen again. So my unconscious yeah. mind sets up a self-sabotage mechanism because it goes, hang on, we're falling for this person. And the last time we did this, we got trashed. So I'm going to kill it now yeah and so even though the unconscious has a positive intent it's not a functional one and so uncovering that because i used to think of myself as um there's a friend of mine who uses owner or victim and in business i'm an owner i don't get you know, i take responsibility for what i do in my professional life I, but in relationships i was a victim i kept going how come i just keep finding these nut women you know and and these women that are bonkers and then uh, what's the common denominator me <laughs> <laughs> that does that reminds me of the odd louis ck Hey, joke is like if you meet one asshole a day, you've met an asshole. If you meet assholes all day, you're the yeah. asshole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This really makes me laugh. I mean, yeah. without boiling it down to, to a very simple, what do you think is the most common mistake people sort of make in love? Is there one absolute clangor that majority of people? make again and again yes uh, i've been asked this a number of times and the thing is that uh, the way you've got to look at it is is your life working or not if it isn't um you know there'll be a pattern right and so i would go to that so rather than have a sort of one size fits all so some people like so unfortunately some victims find abusers it's literally they kept they've got a radar for it because we seek the teeth that made the wounds as uh, kenneth tynan said and so subconsciously if we believe that's you know we that's that's the way life is or we're not good enough or whatever we'll attract that in so um uh what i say to people is look at the results you're getting that's what i did in the end i went uh, can't just be them it's got to be me what's my part in this and and went and cleaned it up so very often the things that people do is they they will go to a type they'll make a picture in their head particularly blokes do this and they'll go i want a woman that fits that picture and they won't necessarily go to something deeper like their their values their shared yeah. values which is how you know happy couples connect because when people say isn't it opposites that attract i go it may seem that way on the surface but when you go deeper, the, their value system, so say the husband is very outgoing, though the wife's a bit shy and that sort of thing, because he's the man of the house, their shared values are, this is the way a husband and wife should be. Yeah. I'm the breadwinner, you know, you take care of the home, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, for want of a, a, a better metaphor. So, so common mistakes that people make are um, things like, um, 
Uh, they don't take responsibility. So they see, they, they make it all about the other person and it takes two to tango. And, uh, and also repeat the same things over and over again. I know I did. Of course, that's actually um, listed as a definition of insanity, isn't it? <laughs> Repeating the same action, expected to get a different result. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, um, the book is available now. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's, uh, it, yes, it's, it's, um, it's, it's not just a book, it's a system. It comes with audio and video. So uh, it's the great thing about the digital age we live in now is you just hit a button and I pop out or you can listen to me saying, do this, do this, do this. And you suddenly go, oh, oh, I see. And you, you get hopefully insight. So really this is um, a way of um, understanding yourself and other people better. Yeah. And I guess that plays into that point you made earlier about the kind of person you are, whether you're more driven by audio or if you were yeah, driven, yeah, yeah, sure. it, yeah, yeah so I mean I would hope that people go oh hang on that's oh I, I see that's why my marriage works that that brilliant I'll do more of that or oh oh I see oh right that ooh, stupid oh so my god I'm an asshole I, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well to, to be honest Paul I don't think I need your book to tell me that <laughs> but anyway one of the chapters yeah. shouldn't it discover why you're an asshole <laughs> exactly <laughs> Hey, that's the kind of title I can get on board with. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, do check out Paul's book, uh, whether it's audio or good old-fashioned bookshops or Kindle, available yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um, anyway, Paul, you're now ready to move on to some very, very serious, uh, i.e. very light, but and silly, properly yes, topics. Definitely. It's a true test of your um, deep I, psychic analysis. I feel like your entire career yeah. has been building to this point, Paul. Yeah. I do too, yeah. No, <laughs> bring it on. Let's do it. <laughs> Okay, yeah. first up this week, Mr. McKenna, Ms. Elvin, um, is it just me that has? Well, I feel like this is a very modern anxiety dream. I mean, my my current anxiety dream is, uh, <laughs> uh, but my laptop dying. But I also feel like it was a self-fulfilling prophecy because I I genuinely was having this dream and then I actually ended up throwing coffee all over my own laptop in my own bag because I had one of those cups for life and I forgot to empty I, it properly. I got to say, I hate what modern life has done to <laughs> dreams because I I often have dreams where I think. Oh, I'm going to tweet that. <laughs> I just think that's just absolutely. And I just wake up with a deep pole of shame hanging over me. That, I, that that's where I went. <laughs> the first thing you thought of was, oh, that's tweetable. Oh, uh, isn't that awful? I knew it. It is. <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean, that when you want to share everything, it's like taking yeah. pictures of your lunch and stuff. Oh, Actually, yeah. in some ways, social media has sort of become the new wealth. So instead of when you get a new car, parking it on the driveway, so <laughs> people can see you, just take a picture. Look where I am, this yeah. location. Oh, yeah. I'm, with this person I'm eating this I, I get I do get I have a couple of recurring I have one recurring stress stream which is that I imagine so I was a radio DJ back in the 80s I'm on the air at Capital Radio uh, which I loved working at by the way and I suddenly realised I only got one record and I think I'll nip down to the record line down the corridor. But as I get to the door, the record runs out. So I go back yeah. and I go, well, that was so good. Let's have that one again. And this goes on all night. I'm exhausted. But my, the one I, so I have a very imaginative, unconscious mind. So the other night I woke up, the morning I woke up, my wife said, oh, terrible night's sleep. I said, what, what was it, darling? She went, oh, beheadings, plane crashes. I oh said, my you God. know, I had a stressful one too. Now, this may not sound, in fact, people laugh when I tell them this, but I dreamt I was running a dating agency in Blackpool with Elvis Presley. It was set in like the 70s, where you Paul, had Polaroids. that actually happened. That happened, I'm afraid. That's, been, yeah. that's documented. <laughs> you just can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is where it gets scary, you see, because <laughs> I would put two Polaroids of this couple, like a couple, I go, what do you think of that? And, they, and he, he had the voice and everyone, well, I don't see those two together. <laughs> like that. And, and, which I know sounds funny, but he had this like posse of thugs right and you go hey you making fun of the kid the kid the king come on let's let's take him outside and i'll go no 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 no, no. i'm just giving my opinion so i woke up like whew, whew, 
oh my God, I'm not in Blackpool with Elvis and his thuggy friends. I'm, I'm here in Kensington. That's so, amazing. <laughs> and that was a regular dream. No, that was one. I only had that once. Oh. But the record one is regular. Yeah. Um, don't see you, that, but that don't is. Don't you think this would be a great TV show? Just put, or someone acting out Paul McKenna's dreams, like with <laughs> high, high production values. Yeah, it would so, be. Some of them would I be would after the watershed. That. Who yeah. would be cast as Elvis? <laughs> um, but isn't it weird though? Because I think that's the whole point about anxiety dreams. And I, I feel like the computer one is a new one. And it's it, it, weirdly, now that it's happened, like I feel like on an unconscious level, I made it happen through my dreams because it, it was happening regularly. And now I have ruined my laptop and I've had to buy a new one. I don't get that one anymore. However, the time of you know one that will never leave me and it still happens now happened just the other week I have the dream whereby I've got a hand in my dissertation tomorrow and I haven't written a single word it's a 10,000 word dissertation I literally have not sat there and written a single word and that has been happening Ever since I was eighteen, I seem to, I have showers in public quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Joe, that's not a dream. Like, I know, but it's so. And 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 like you say, you wake up and you think, well, that was ridiculous. But there was something. Yeah. I wake up feeling a bit tense. Yeah, and I don't know why. Is it, is it sort of? Does it have a sense of shame around it, or, or sort of humiliation? No, it's or it. It has a real sort of like, yep. I'm just going to have a shower here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'll be in the office. And I'll be, you know, I mean, it's just like, it's so strange. And I love the way in a dream, um, there's a technical reason for this, a scientific reason, why things like that, there suddenly is a shower in the office. Yes. And it's not yeah. explained in any way, it just <laughs> appears. And and this is uh, this very interesting friend of mine, he's a neuropharmacologist. And we were talking about this. I said, when I wake at like four in the morning, it feels like the end of the world. But by 10 o'clock, I'll go, oh, that's no big deal. I can sort these things out. And he explained that uh, we use a, there's a neurotransmitter called norepinephrine, right, that um, we stop producing. And this basically keeps all, helps to, I'm going to pre-see this in probably a very unscientific way now, but but keeps all the boundaries in place. So yeah. we know that there can't be a shower there because it's not logical. But when you shut off the norepinephrine, as you do in order to dream, what happens is you suddenly get, um, uh, you know, you could be riding on an elephant and then you're talking with the Beatles and then you're on a beach and because it doesn't matter, these things don't connect yeah. because in a free flow of uh, image streaming, they do. And that's what's allowed to take place. So when you've imagined the end of the world or you've woken to go, oh, I haven't done my dissertation or I haven't, I've got to do that, I've got this meeting coming out. Ooh, all this is going on um the fact that actually logically there's nothing to worry about uh, because you have done your dissertation that is wow. um, just you? just about yeah. a, a, a white knuckle there but i think that's yeah. what it was again you see i think because i was never one of those you know like students that did i always left everything to the last minute yeah. so i think that's just my personality so yeah. i guess an exaggerated version of that is my anxiety gene, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a heightened when, version of it when you wake from such dreams can you self-analyze them do you well do you know there's, there's two answers to that firstly there's a lot of people who think that there is no meaning, they're just screensavers. And, um, you know, we all went off on this bonkers Freudian, Jungian kind of, yeah. not Jungian so much, but yeah, Freudian sort of, um, you know, search for meaning in it. And indeed, there are some people, so some of the Jungian, uh, some of my friends do a Jungian analysis. And um, in fact, I'll tell you a very interesting one about um, to be about back in the 80s when I was leaving radio to become a hypnotist. I had a dream that I went down into what's called a playpen at Capital Radio, the open plan office. And Adolf Hitler was there and he, he got a Capital Radio t-shirt on, right? And he was getting his records ready. And I thought, oh, I should tell. I said, hello, I'm Paul McKenna. I'm I'm one of the newer you know, DJs. And he went, oh, yes. Uh, you know, he had German accent. I love that they've goes, all got their accents. You really get into it. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I, I yeah. like that they're all like big iconic people from yeah, history, aren't they? I mean, yeah. mine are so boring yeah. by comparison. Yeah. They, indeed, that, that's the point of this one. So he goes, um, I said, so how's the show going then, Adolf? He goes, 
Oh, he goes, it's going great. Some music is good. He goes, but every time I open the phone lines, people bring up the war. Can you, can you believe someone threatened to kill me? Like this. So I wake up from this weird dream. And there's a friend of mine who does the, the union analysis. And he said, well, think of it like this. You're a DJ. You're thinking of giving up uh, that, that to become a mesmeric character like Hitler was. And your life or your world as you know it will be threatened. Wow. Or will change, will be killed off. And I went, yeah, when you put it like that, it makes sense. So for a while, I had a little dream book beside the bed. And in the morning, I'd wake up and I'd go, ooh, I dreamt about you know cats or, or ooh, oh no. So, so I would, I don't know, it was, it's like doing newspaper astrology. I would find it entertaining. Yeah. But I'm not sure I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's funny because I always find mine are, uh, the exact opposite of yours, Paul. My, my, uh, my dreams are so boring that I actually go, I can't believe that was my dream last night. You need something to wake up and some people, they wake up with a real sweat on their brow. They're like, yeah, oh my yeah, God, yeah. thank God there was a nightmare. Yeah. I wake up going, I can't believe even your dreams are fucking boring. <laughs> Do you know you go, really? That's all your dreams amounted to last night was literally your waiting. La- your laptop broke. Yeah, or waiting yeah. at a bus stop and the bus didn't come. You go yeah. around Sainsbury's. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, are that, are that, was that a dream or was that just a, basically a very boring part of Maybe my day? Maybe your life's just so exciting oh, God, that your, brain, y- your brain's done by the time it gets to sleep. <laughs> but weirdly, I think there is something to that. There is more to them because, of we, you know, even if you think about it, I do think it's the, probably the same part of your brain, whether it's the dissertation or the record record one in mm-hmm. capital where yeah. it's just that fear of suddenly oh my god i'm, I'm going to be found out i'm yes. going to be the rugs being pulled out from the underneath imposter me syndrome thing, yeah. yeah it's the same kind of thing whereas um the one i i've never got and i know um people um, have that quite um it's quite a common one is that all their teeth falling out oh yes, yeah. yes. i don't and, like and that, that, one. that that apparently um, that means something else. They, they apparently all mean something, don't they? Well, and indeed, things that you would think are bad sometimes uh, are actually good. You know, actually, apparently, dreaming of a famous person is a really good omen. If well, you're in luck then. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Frequently, I do, I, I do it all the time. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I, I I thought it just meant I had a really terribly large ego and just sort of. Do you know what I mean? Like I think I'm famous. Like these. Do you know what I mean? It's weird. So I what does like that it. mean that if you dream about lots of famous apparently, people? Apparently, in the dream books, I had a dream one night. I was in a gold Rolls Royce with Keith Richards. <laughs> <laughs> and we were driving around in this. I mean, you know, that, just that, that in itself. That I'm telling up you. And there I am at the bus stop. This is a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. 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 So, and, and I thought, well, it's a famous person. It's a Rolls. It's gold. It's got to be good, isn't it? So, um, you know, I just think my unconscious has got a sense of humour, you know, and it's... It could tell me in more simple ways. I think you're both just star fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even in your dreams, you're, you're just yeah. a couple of star fuckers. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd, 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 you know, for the audience, if we so. stick together, Paul, we'll be all right. Well, if you yeah. are sat there listening to us going, James, my dreams are as boring as yours, please do uh, feel free to get in touch uh, to the show. We love hearing from you guys. Drop us an email and do reassure me, it's not just me. Uh, the email address is um, isitjustmepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. We'd love to hear from you. Paul McKenna, James Williams, is it just me? It says here, is it just me who has erratic willpower? I think James wrote that one. (laughs) I'd say no, mine's not erratic. It's steadfastly crap. (laughs) Just as my father always says, I've got no, it's won't power that I've got a problem with, not willpower. Well, I tell you where I'm coming from when I wrote that one was I, I feel like I'm a little bit Jekyll and Hyde with willpower. So I'm either ridiculously like, okay, I'm doing this and I'm really like determined and I'm obviously a bit you know, obnoxiously like, no, 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 I won't be swayed. I'm just going to mm. do it. 
Or on the flip side, I'm the most easily led person ever. And I just literally, I go, oh yeah, I'm not drinking this week. And then literally it's Monday night and somebody hands me a glass and I'm drinking I think I'm you're really it. disciplined with, with alcohol. Well, no. I want, only because no, yeah. I, I gave up drinking for eight weeks. <laughs> so that's based, that's based purely on that. But... The truth is, though, on the flip side, I'm then somebody who could easily, and I'm not saying I could pound a bottle of wine a night, but I would happily have a glass of wine a night if I allowed myself to. Um, So, you know, that's that's why I feel it's it's a little bit all over the place, my willpower. Your your willpower must be exemplary. Yes. Well, it depends. Um, I I suppose if I set my mind to it, like anybody, what's interesting is about this time of year, of course, loads of people are going, so how do you have more willpower to stick to your New Year's resolutions? Because something like 80% of people have now, you know, fallen off the wagon, as it were, first week of February. Yeah, I never got on it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's not very comfortable that way. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I say is that firstly, um, uh, I've never met, I've, actually, I would not say never, very few people who are uh, procrastinators are lazy. It's often they're scared. They're scared of making the wrong decision, which indeed is a decision. So they just don't want to go at it and fail. The other thing I've noticed about willpower as well is that some people, like particularly beginning of the year, they're right, I must lose the weight. And I must go to the gym. And they set the bar just way too high. Yeah. And if what the research shows is if you do something, it, you know, that you, that the, you basically what you do is you take smaller steps towards your goal. You then build a momentum. You're more likely to, to achieve it. And so <clears throat> um, I kind of, I, I suppose there are times in my life when I've had to make a massive change suddenly, bam, and, you know, and, and live with the consequences of it. Or what I prefer generally is an incremental change, so a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and yeah, am I okay with this? And then, then I go uh, all, all the way with it. I mean, I suppose, um, uh, you know, often there can be things like, this is what I find, it's moving away from something and moving towards. So if somebody says, I've really got to quit smoking, I say, well, if you carry on, what do you think is likely to happen? Make that a potential future. And they go, Ooh, no, that could be that could end really badly, negative health consequences. Well, what what if you did quit? And they go, well, I think feel like I'd be missing out. Yeah, and that would go. Look at yeah. further down the line. They go, oh, hang on, I see a future where I'm not a slave to cigarettes. I feel healthier. I'm not worrying about my health, and actually, I'm saving yeah. money and all kinds of positive that, things like that. That's how I get to the gym. I I visualize how I'm going to feel all the self-loathing if I don't go. Yes, so you <laughs> so move I just, away from you. and I actually can't bear that feeling so but, I'd rather just go to I the gym. also think the build up of anything whether it's I always say this as well the hardest bit about going to the gym is the journey to the gym you know the actual oh, yeah. getting on your bike getting oh, on the bus yeah, getting on the yeah, tube right. walking there however you get because that, that's when you're like I really can't be bothered I don't want to do this once you're actually there you're, you've made the decision you're you get on with it and you want to yeah. get it out of the way yeah. likewise I always feel like if you're not drinking the hardest bit is telling people when you're going for dinner that night, oh, I'm not drinking tonight, because mm. you're dreading that, oh, for fuck's sake, what, you're so boring. Like, but once you get out of the way... <laughs> Your friends are awful. I know they are. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and clearly functioning alcoholics, barely functioning yeah. alcoholics. But come on, we've all got those friends. But do, but it, you, do you know what I mean? Or, I mean, I remember when I gave up smoking, mm. and it, you know, people, it was still trendy and acceptable to smoke. And people, yeah. Again, though, I think often it's about how it reflects on the other people it yes. makes them question their relationship with whatever you're talking Absolutely about right. so whether it's exercise or food or smoking or drinking they go to their own place they don't they don't think about what you're doing it for they automatically go oh you're going to make me feel like shit about my choices yes um, well, I suppose what we'd say when you, if people give up smoking their friends not 
because they're bad, but just because they feel a bit powerless because suddenly, you know, I'm not smoking or I'm not drinking. And they go, oh, hang on a minute. Um, that makes me feel a bit bad about yeah. me. So, so surely you just have one or they blow smoke in the direction of them and that sort of stuff. Or, uh, yeah. you know, clink the, gla- the ice in the glass of the... Deliberate uh, sabotage. <laughs> Subconsciously, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yes, but I think once you actually get po- past that, and you've actually announced it, and you've, you've you've basically announced your intent, whether that is not drinking tonight or, yeah. you know, uh, that's the hardest part. And it's the same same thing with like, getting to the gym. Once you're in where, the gym, you get it out the way. Where, Paul, is is your willpower? Where, where are you most proud of sort of like achieving through the sheer force of willpower? Um, let me have a think. What have I? I think, but, but it comes in several forms. Like you're in a situation, I think I'm just never going to do that again. Yeah. I'm never going to go back to that. Uh, it's enough is enough. You know, like um, it's a threshold. And sometimes that's actually happened or sometimes you can create it. Right. So um, for example, uh, there are, yeah, I've got several examples. So for example, the, that threshold last straw that breaks the camel's back is useful. Say, say you're having trouble getting over somebody. Right? Yeah. You've broken up and you think, I just keep thinking about them a lot. What you do is you think about all the times you thought I I hate this relationship I just got, and you yeah. and think about the things that went on that, that you didn't like and you do it over and over again in Technicolor and it creates then a feeling of enough's enough yeah um, but then also um, I think sometimes when um, yeah when somebody says I don't like it when you do this and this and you think I don't want to be that person and so I use a bit of what you do, Joe. I go, mm, that's what I want to move away from. I, I don't yeah. want to be, you know, I don't want to be that person. And then you think, what do I want to be? And I have to have something to move towards. So there's loads of different examples in, in my life um, uh, of, you know, where I, I decided I was just going to change something. For, for example, about, um, I think it was two and a half years ago, I decided I wasn't going to drink vodka again because my wife said, you know, you have one, actually my wife, my mother and a friend said, you have one, one a glass of vodka, you're great fun. Two, you get a bit daft and then you repeat yourself when, you, when you've had some <laughs> Oh, I do that. No, I, I always do that. now that you don't drink vodka. No, I know. I always repeat myself. Yeah. That my poor husband, if I've been out in, uh, on my own with friends and he's like, yeah, you told me that. <laughs> yeah, 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 you told me that. <laughs> so what happened was, I, um, I don't know if you remember, when Bernard Mann the comedian was dying he, his son said to him do you want to be cremated do you want to be buried and he, he said surprise me right? which is <laughs> as a comedian would do make a joke out of it anyway um, I said you know actually I think I'm going to stop drinking vodka and I said to my unconscious I put little trials of vodka let, make me stop surprise me Anyway, we, were, we went on holiday uh, and uh, I noticed they had the finest of vodka in the world is Beluga Gold, right? And it's proper Russian vodka. It's not, you know, the monkey piss that everybody else drinks. <laughs> this is proper vodka. Anyway, I thought, I'll have a glass yeah. of that. One led to two, two to three, four. And I drank it like a fiend. I had no idea, you know, apart yeah. from my subconscious, to the point where I suddenly went, I feel really ill and sick. You know, I think, I think what it was was when I was a kid, I was watching the Waltons and Jim Bob decides he's going to smoke and Grandpa catches him. Oh. Yeah. Grandpa catches him and goes, no, come on, let's go have a smoke. Yes, no, smoke I remember. So he makes himself yeah. sick and then he doesn't ever want to smoke. Yeah. And I think I did the same because so I went, I feel really awful. I'm in a beautiful location. I'm with my wife. And do you know now, and I just, even if I wanted to, so I basically waterboarded myself. Yeah. <laughs> with vodka. <laughs> Good job. I think people do that a lot with absinthe. Yes. I, yes. Yes. Oh, I, I'm just so proud. My husband um, congratulated me the other day because I've managed now for six weeks to keep my spare room tidy. Oh. In my dressing room. <laughs> oh, I mean, honestly, I that, that was that, that was that's, that's this, going back to that was my Everest. <laughs> second, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I managed to not vomit in my spare room. <laughs> well, mean, I've, I've never done that. <laughs> you mean but your willpower? At is least, you- if I do that now, there's room. <laughs> To vomit. But can I just There's take... room to see it. Can I just, <laughs> the connection here is willpower and your willpower has been to 
keep your dressing room tidy. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm just like yeah. mad. Uh, Seriously, it was like it was. You know, I've got too many clothes, and it was a big effort. Oh, fair yeah. enough. Um, I, sp- I suppose yes, it is. I mean, one of those things. Some people like everything neat and tidy and put away in boxes. I don't know. I kind of like to see a few clothes and things on the floor because it reminds me there's somebody else here. You know? Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. And that people actually live there. Otherwise, it's just yeah. a show home, isn't there's it? There's no yes, forgetting yeah. that I'm in my house. Let yeah. me tell you that. So yeah. basically, you know, willpower like everything. It's good in in small measures. <laughs> is that what we're saying? God, that's deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it? You yeah. Because ultimately, if, you, if you've got too much willpower, you are in danger of being a bit boring, aren't you? I suppose so. There's a great quote by Oscar Wilde, which is, never take moderation to excess. <laughs> and, uh, and I was sort of... Hey, Amen. Like you know, yeah. Uh, I suppose because yeah, people say everything in moderation. Well, maybe not. You know, maybe something's full on. I mean, just depends who you are. Yep. Yeah. Oh well, no, I think that summed it up perfectly. I think we should leave that right there. Damn right. Good, okay. good old yeah. Oscar Wilde. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Is it just me, or do you Google the running times of a film uh, so you can see how long it is? Before agreeing to go to see yeah, it. That's right. So if it's too long, you might not, or you might watch it at a different time. He's, I mean, obviously, it is know, a consider, you know, there are a lot of long films these days. My it's inner, definitely worthy of consideration. My inner worthy film critic says, absolutely not. How dare you? Yeah. The truth is, of course. Yeah. And I think most critics do that because, you know, it, as you said, Joe, they're I getting a, longer and longer a, and longer films. Gentlemen, I have a very weak bladder. <laughs> yeah. I need to know. Yeah. Yes. What my endurance level is going to have to be. Well, also, yeah. I'm quite good. This goes back to, I guess, not, not so much the willpower thing, but a, 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 for a long, long time in my life, I would automatically say yes to everything. Mm. And then I'd always be the person that would, and I'd also then never, ever pull out. So I'd always feel mm. bad about dropping out the last minute, where some yeah. of my friends would do the same thing but and, and feel no guilt about bailing at the last minute yeah. so I would always be that slightly pissed off person going why the fuck did I say yes to this I don't want to go and then I'd go and they'd be like oh I knew I shouldn't have come mm. so good to know with my birthday party <laughs> coming up but yeah anyway yeah. Yeah. but yeah. No, no, I'm going to save myself here but over the last few years I've become very good at visualising so when an invite comes around mm. rather than do that knee jerk oh yes I'd love to go to that I'm now very good at taking a beat and imagining okay in six weeks mm. time this is on 
a Tuesday night. It's in February. It's probably going to be cold, possibly rainy. It's a Tuesday night. It's early in the week. No, no, I'm not going to want to go and do that. Yeah. I'm now much better at visualizing where I'm going to be at when the actual event mm. comes around. Well, you see, that that um, is how I see it too. Because with, say, like a, a cop show that lasts an hour, uh, what people do is they time they, their metabolism is, is set to it, or as you mentioned, Joe, they, you know, you I immediately think if it's a three-hour film, bathroom break. Yeah, yeah. And, and so in a sense, um, things like so with a cop show, for example, you know that uh, there's going to be you know some crime committed. They're gonna they're gonna get the guy. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do. But in the end, they do, and you can go ah. Oh. So that's traditionally how films and TV shows are set up. You know, this is why people prefer a happy ending most of the time rather than some, you know, uh, thing left in limbo or some Yeah, sort of something confusing thing. is really annoying. Oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, I actually kind of like formulaic movies because people go, no, it's got, a, it's, it's it's true to real life. I go, I've got enough real life in my real life. <laughs> I want a bald man with a pussycat being chased by a man. <laughs> I want Keith Martin. Richards in a gold <laughs> but it is I mean I have to say nothing brings joy to my heart more than when I then do this thing right imagine if somebody invites me to go to the cinema to see that film I will immediately go to Google and put in running yeah. length of blah 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 and if it's under two hours I'm like yes I can do this it's fine um, that's why I loved Six the Musical I mean apart from the fact that Six the Musical is great oh, the best thing about Six the Musical it? it's 75 minutes no, no interval Wow. So it's also a great musical, but it's also really fast. And yeah. it, you know, they don't fuck about. I'm you're in, glad you're you out. liked that. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. It's great. Yeah. But also, it's funny because I always remember, um, you know, my mum and my grandmother talking about, you know, films or those, I guess they were called in the in the, in the truest sense of the word, those epic films from mm. the 50s mm. and 60s. I thought you were going to say the talkies. <laughs> the t- no, not, not, they're not that old. <laughs> but, you know, they did used to build in a break in, in, in much like they have, a, um, you know, yes. uh, the theatre has an interval. Yeah, I mean, so I that's why times. if you watch The Sound of, you know, you watch the sound of music There's still one of those where my mum and dad live in in rural new south wales where and it, and, and and the interval an organ player comes yes. up from the floor <laughs> i want to go there it's just <laughs> ice cream lady. but they have a raffle yes <laughs> but it is funny because you know when you watch those films they're like in the sound of music there's that almost a bit where you think is that the end of the film because they're obviously building it up the bit where she leaves to go back to the abbey and it's oh, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. and it literally feels like the end of the film but that's because it yeah. was the end of oh, the first section. act and then it started oh, back yeah. but I do worry that the way people are going now, and I, I, I'm without getting too much on my high horse, I do feel like film editing is becoming something of a, mm. a, you know, a dying art form because films are getting longer and longer and longer. Mm. And it's driving people in all seriousness. You know, there's this big thing now about Netflix and they're getting yeah. all these Oscar nominations and people. Mm. But the truth is, I think if you're making a film that's three hours long, mm. people want to watch that at home where they can pause it, go make a cup of tea and come back. Well, like, they're not going to go and sit in a cinema and watch a three and a half hour it's film. The, the Irishman, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I actually... Um, thought yes we'll wait till that comes out so I can watch it at home and pause yeah. it and yeah. yeah I mean I suppose also our attention span is I mean it's in some respects has, has become shorter because that's my worry I do worry that's what's happening yeah <laughs> well, unless we find something we really like that we tend to concentrate so there was a bit of research recently about uh, the kids who you know see everything but they watch nothing so they're flicking through lots and lots of things actually what's going on because when when I was growing up, and I imagine the same for you, uh, there were three TV channels, and then, wow, we had a fourth. Now, there's four million. So what they tend to do is go through the yeah. channels, and when they find something like then they stop and, and look at it. But 
we do definitely want things in short form. So, um, you know, my brother watches a precy of the news on, on the internet. He doesn't actually watch the terrestrial news anymore. And last week I recorded, um, it's called, it's an online course. And um, a, a fantastic thing, it's 15 minutes a day for 21 days, because everyone's got 15 minutes. And, uh, you know, rather than actually have to sit through the book and, and plow through it and go, hang on a minute, oh, I think I understand that. And I think that's really, um, you know, that's the digital age once again. I mean, even things like, you used to ring someone up and go, would you like to go for dinner? Oh, yes, I'd like to go for dinner. Now you can show dinner, the letter C, uh, U, and then at eight, and then question mark, and send it off, and they go yes or no, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's true. No, So, yeah, so I, that is my slight concern. So I do sometimes think, no, go see the very long film. Prove you've still got the no, concentration span. I'm not sitting span. there for three hours. No way. <laughs> yeah. No. I was, just like, I was like, really? No. You know, I'm sure he's great and everything, but when Sam Mendes was going, I really, really need you to see this at the cinema where it was intended to be a thing, fuck you. I, I, I'm a, do you know what I mean? I'll see it where I want to see it. It's like it's like when chefs go, well, the chef prefers it. Like, <laughs> yes. It's like, well, I would actually like it. Like some salt on it, please, yeah. and I'd like it an hour and a half shorter. Yeah. I mean, I'm really bad because I know do that thing when I watch the film and I go, it was very good, but I then edit it, edit it myself. Yes. I go, yes. they could have shaved that bit there. That, that scene was pointless. This, I literally go, I could have saved half an hour of this film easily. And I'm not a film editor, but come on. I'm I do actually, feel like... In the future, you'll probably be able to do that. You'll oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, like choosing your own ending on uh, yeah. on a Black Mirror, wasn't it? You yeah. Could actually, oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I guess yeah. it's yeah. almost already happening. I think you'll be happening. able to, you know, it's, it, um, what's going to be extraordinary is that with the deep fake and the AI, you will be able to make, say you were a Bond fan, a Roger Moore or a Sean Connery one, it will look as good as, it, you know, it'll be. It, you could make it contemporary or you could make it, you know, set in the time. Uh, as well as, so it wouldn't, you know, it, w- it won't be just the, the movies that they made. Um, that's as if, I suppose, if they consented to or they're state does but in theory you could make a you know a whole genre of bruce lee movies just from the deep fake and the ai because it could then predict what it is they would say how they would move and all that sort of stuff and so that's y- the future I and you know what that also I'm means a little bit chilled by you, that you know what that also means paul it yeah. means you could actually bring paul mcginnis paul mcginnis fucked up dreams to life <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen it's gonna happen God, you know i knew something useful would come you this, this discussion you yeah, elvis yeah, yeah. and that dating yeah. show that, that dating firm it's happening <laughs> i think this in ai like universe. Yeah. <laughs> I think I should produce this. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, as long as yeah. we get producer yeah. credits, yeah. Paul, right? We've yeah. got to get a cutting on and this. I like the yeah. title, you know, it's snappy. It's not yeah. a network Kenners. title, but you yeah. know, we it's live a, in an age of... Hey, don't fuck with Cat Scott with a Netflix. Don't fuck with Paul McKenna's dreams. There we go. I love that idea. Oh, well, I feel like I've learned a lot today, Paul. And I think you will learn a lot by getting Paul's new book. I will. things that make or break a relationship. And as Paul knows, I speak from personal experience. This man knows what he's doing. Absolutely. He knows what he's talking about. And um, I think it's definitely worth your attention. Yeah. Thank you. All the more shocking why he agrees to come on our show. But thank you for all the same. Not at all. I absolutely <laughs> love this. It, yes. was, it was really great fun. Thank you, Paul. Good luck with the book. Not you need it. Um, and thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back again next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.